Am I on? Do you hear me? I just first want to say something. Um, January, I said to God, I'm going to say yes this year. Bam! Here I am. Uh, he answers, and um, I'm grateful for that. I got 48 hours to get ready for this baby, so sorry. Didn't get a haircut. Didn't. Anyways, um, <clears throat> and I want to say one more thing is I come here every Friday night. I laid on the line at work all week, and this band, this worship band of ours, brings me to the altar. And it just, I was like, walking in here, and I feel a lot better. I just wanted to thank them. Thank you very much, and my wife. Okay, enough. Let's get started. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ who struggles with pornography, lust, selfishness, pride, and anger. My name is Rod Vincent. I am so glad I'm here. Thank you. Uh, I grew up in a Christian home in Sylvania, Ohio. My mother was a single parent raising five children. I have two brothers and two sisters. I'm the youngest. On August 18, 1970, my father was beat to death for just a few dollars. My father worked out of town as an electrician on the railroad. One night, two men whom my father worked asked for a ride to a nearby town, but my fa father refused, but then finally agreed. On their way, my father had car trouble that required him to pull over the side of the road. Having worked the railroad, these two men knew that my father had just been paid. They demanded his money. From our understanding of the crime scene, it was quite a battle and ended in the, in the death of my father. I became fatherless at the age of two. My mother lost her husband and had to raise five children on her own. She didn't have time to feel sorry for herself, having five broken-hearted children to nurture. I often wonder how she overcame the challenges of raising us. Today, I understand, through God's word, Psalms 29.11 said, The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Despite the tragedy of my father's death, I had a blessed life growing up. My family always loved and supported me. I excelled in soccer and baseball, even managed to earn my Eagle Scout Award and Boy Scouts. These are the places which I found adult male role models for life. I learned to work hard and compete with all my heart. Not having a father, I looked to my coaches and male leaders to fulfill these needs. I gave my life to Christ at the age of 14, but didn't really grasp what that meant. I knew that I was saved and that the Lord had a place for me in heaven, but I didn't understand that I needed a relationship with Him. What I really needed was to look to Him for encouragement and direction, but instead I found myself looking at God only when I couldn't fix my own things on my own. I looked to God as an ultimate protector, healer, and judge. I didn't feel like I should bother him with the small stuff. Instead of looking to him for guidance and truth, I was influenced and taught by the earthly men in my life. My coaches taught me to stand up, brush myself off, and keep on fighting to the end. I needed the encouragement of, my, of a father, of my father. 
I know my mom did, the be did her best, and I'm not complaining. She, in fact, is one of my heroes. I'm grateful for all the encouragement and love she showed me. I was often told how proud she was of me, but I believe that God gave both a mother and a father for a reason. I learned how to push down the pains and struggles in life and keep on going through sports and my environment at home. Denial crept its way into my life. Denial became a part of my personality. I've used denial to protect myself from persecution and shame and to justify my poor actions. I used denial to protect my self-centered lifestyle. I lied to others to keep the peace. I was really just trying to keep my own peace. I would lie because I thought others couldn't handle the truth. In reality, I couldn't handle telling the truth and the consequences which came with telling the truth. During my senior year of high school, I was driving late one night on the back road in Michigan with a friend in the car. I nodded off while driving and ended, and ended up flipping the car end over end into a creek full of water. The cab in the car filled with water immediately. My friend and I began searching for a way out. I searched for the sunroof and open windows with no success. The whole time I felt my friend searching next to me. That is when I realized the car was upside down and reached down for the open window. I broke the surface at my very last breath. I looked around and all I saw was four tires sticking out of the water. Nowhere to see, my friend nowhere to be seen. I immediately went back down and reached through the window, pulling my friend out. He told me later that he had given up and expected to die. When the rescue workers questioned us about what had happened, my friend said that a deer had run out in front of us. I ran with that lie and kept that secret from my family and most of my friends for close to 15 years. I was afraid to face the consequences and the disappointment my family and friends and to, sh and to show the weakness that telling the truth would require. One would think that that would have straightened me out. I wasn't ready for that yet. I thought I had everything under control. I was very grateful for God saving me and my friend, and I knew that I didn't survive all that on my own, but I didn't see how I let pride have control. God blessed me with the ability to make friends. I believe God, me, God gave me the gift of encouragement and leadership. The problem is that I often chose to ignore the responsibility that came with these gifts and often used them for my selfish reasons. I like to blame my choice of friends on my troubles. Doesn't that sound like denial? I was invited to most of the parties and was always eager to go. I loved being around people and having fun. These weren't parties you were bobbing for apples and drink, drinking lemonade. We were drinking beer and smoking pot, which led to harder drugs for a, couple, for a couple years in my early 20s. That didn't last long because I wasn't in to see how high I could get. I was there for the friendship and fun. Along with all that partying came a lot of dating. I used female relationships to feed my selfish, fleshly needs. As I look back at my behavior, I'm ashamed of how I conducted myself in those relationships. I surely was not being an example for Christ. <clears throat> God made it possible for me to move to Tulsa to chase my career as a pilot. 
Here's where I met the girl that stopped me in my tracks. Little Tammy Norman. What a stunningly beautiful lady. I was working as a bartender at a popular restaurant in town when Tammy began working there as a waitress. We became good friends, and it was obvious that we were interested in each other. Tammy heard about my dating record and was very cautious about dating me. I remember the night she explained to me very clearly she wasn't going to date a player. She didn't want to play games, and if I wanted to date her, I would date her exclusively. I've never been approached in that manner. This lady had it all together. Did I mention how hot she is? <laughs> yeah, she is. Well, it took a couple days or so for me to get my, come to my senses. We had our first date and haven't stopped for 28 years. Amen. I snorted there. Did you hear the snort? <laughs> I've never met a woman with Tammy's genuine love, compassion for others. She has a smile that lights up the room. That decision was not only the beginning of an incredible journey with Tammy, but also an amazing spiritual journey of putting God first in my life. Tammy and I had conversations about her faith. I had short textbook textbook type answers, while Tammy's answers had depth and personal meaning. One time she asked me if we, were, if we got married, would I be the husband that went to church with his family? At the time, I wasn't showing any evidence of being a man that saw importance of going to church. I replied with a yes, but she continued to express how important it was that her husband understood the importance of family being in church. On July 1st, 1995, that pretty little lady and I got married. Tammy was a school teacher, and I was a bartender. That's a combo, huh? Uh, I continued my quest to become a professional pilot, and we started attending Southern Hills. It was an energetic, it was so energetic and exciting here. I loved the worship and the people. I was making a lot of friends, and God was doing great things in my life. Tammy and I were blessed with our first child, Kaylee. What an amazing experience it is to have a child. God used her birth to make big changes in my life. And I still worked as a bartender, but stopped partying. It was then I truly began to see the difference a church would make in my life and our family. Tammy and I joined Southern Hills in 1999. Amen. During the next few years, my spiritual growth flourished as we joined a group for Bible study and began getting involved in God's work. My dream of becoming a pilot was coming true at the same time. I was growing my personal relationship with Christ in a way I had not experienced before. Then I landed what I thought was a dream job right here in Tulsa. I was flying all over the world. I was on call 24-7 and had to report to the airport within 90 minutes of being called. Somewhere along the way, I began to realize the career that I love so much and worked so hard to get could possibly cost far more than the money I invested in school and training. Tim was now home with two children since we now had her second son, second child, Joshua. I found myself gone five days a week and not home enough. I began to see the stress and strain this life was causing it, 
this life was causing in my life and the lives of the pilots around me. I believe God saved me from that career because I didn't have the courage to quit on my own. Two weeks before our third child, Jacob, was born, I found myself without a job and running, wondering desperately what I would do. I knew that the real choice I faced was whether I would chase this career around the world or build a stable foundation for my family here at home. I chose to stay home and raise our children. It wasn't easy at first, but God is good. My family was blessed beyond measure by the friends in our church that came alongside us in this difficult financial season. I was blessed to receive a job from a great friendship made in our life group. This new job allowed me to provide for my family's needs while staying home where I truly and wanted to be. The experience gained there allowed me to move into another position with another company, which also has ties to this church. At first, it was hard to surrender the dream of being a professional pilot, but the rewards of being with my family have more than compensated any loss I may have felt in the beginning. Being home every day has allowed me to serve Christ in ways I was unable to while flying. The rewards of being home have helped to make this decision worth it. God was changing my heart and my priorities. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be given to you. Amen. It was only after being able to be home regularly that God led me to the ministry of Celebrate Recovery. Honestly, I thought that at this point in my life, I was doing pretty well in my spiritual walk. My relationship with God was growing. I was serving as a deacon. Both Tammy and I served in multiple capacities. But I heard about how lives were being changed in CR, and I wanted to be a part of a ministry like that. I'd noticed a problem with my temper and lack of patience. Mm. But I have to admit that the real reason I came was because I was struggling with pornography and lust. I started developing relationships with a few men at CR and even became a part of an accountability group. Principle one says, realize I'm not God. I admit that I am powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing and my life is unmanageable. God really uses time and those men to bring me to a point of honesty with others and myself. Stepping out of Adonai was a huge step for me. I have truly learned to rely on this verse, Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. It wasn't long before I began to see the need for and feel the pressure to join a step study. God used a step study in relationships to do the real transformational work in my life that I so needed I saw my relationship with my family change. We communicate so much better now. Tammy went through a step study around the same time and the impact on a relationship has been great. I have a much better temperament with my wife and I am more willing to admit my wrongs. God showed how pornography not only stood in the way of a deeper relationship with him, but also with my wife, Tammy. This sin was a very selfish behavior Giving that sexual sin to God was a huge step of taking less for me and giving more to him. 
I believe selfishness is directly related to my struggle with anger too. My anger is all about me, my way, my time, my feelings, my respect. Principle four says, openly examine and confess my faults to myself, to God, and to someone I trust. I've been able to do this in my step studies. I see the impact of CR on my entire family and other relationships as I attempt to apply the eight principles. I've found the benefit of admitting my wrongs rather than allowing denial and fear to rule my world. Lying is not an issue in my life any longer. I can now teach my children, which are adults now, about truth and honesty with a clear conscience. I'm celebrating 18 years in recovery. God has used this time to transform every other area of my life as well. While this is a great milestone in my spiritual life, I know that God is not done with me and I'm not done in recovery either. God continues to point out areas of need, of needed improvement to me. I am learning even more about myself and the, God, and the man God wants me to be. This is not a one-time fix all. That is why I say, keep coming back. For me, working the steps, working on my relationships, putting others first, and serving leaves less time for me to screw up. I'm continuing to grow and serve through the ministry of CR. I lead small groups, open share, and step studies, and I serve as a male encourager coach at SHBC here at CR. Here. I have a desire to share with others the healing and growth I've experienced in CR. Everyone can benefit from the solid biblical principles that transform lives and celebrate recovery. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Thank you for letting me share.